What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Magicians season finale podcast. Oh my god. I'm not- um, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I think we all need another box of Kleenexes. And a bottle of scotch. <laughs> oh, that was absolutely that was, gutting. That was brutal, man. It was beautiful, but it was so mother-effing brutal. And- I this will probably go down as one of the best season finales for any show ever. And it's it's not just that we lost the character. Mm-hmm. It's that the way they send off Quentin. Oh, oh my god. Is, oh my god. It's so emotional. Everyone has a moment to say goodbye yeah. and it's just gut-wrenching. And it's filmed like the entire like act of it happening, the way it's filmed, it's so cool. Like the yeah. black and white. I mean, it- yes, yes. <clears throat> it they really, you know, I think the magicians continues to push the envelope in, um, not only storytelling but also in in the way they film their episodes. And it's just it's so beautifully done and like really adds to the entire narrative of the story, right? Yeah, and so like. Uh, let me just, uh, so when Nicole got the email about the, s- the screener for the finale going up, uh, they also attached uh, a PDF with a statement from uh, the Magician's executive producers, aka the showrunners, John McNamara, Sarah Gamble, and Henry Alonzo Myers, that I just kind of really quickly want to read, uh, because this is their official statement, mm-hmm. and oh, man, Oh it my sucks. god. <laughs> yeah. All right, I here wanted we go. to cry even more after I read that. <laughs> yeah. The Magicians has always been a fantastical show about real life, with general doses of magic to keep all the feeling like to keep it all feeling a less like bitter medicine and more like raiding a weirdly delicious pantry at two AM, probably while a bit drunk. <laughs> that has been our approach to season four, knowing that we want to explore the most confounding, harsh, messy aspects of adulthood in our story. At the top of that list, facing your own morality, and experiencing the death of someone you love. Before we began this season, we entered into the creative conversation that included the writers, executive producer, and director Chris Fisher, Lev Grossman, our partners at UCP, Universal um, Cable Productions, Cable Productions, mm-hmm. and Sci-Fi, and Jason Ralph. The choice for Jason to leave the show was arrived at mutually, with much respect for his story, fans of the show, and a shared sense of deliberate, essential creative risk. We want the magicians to visit strange and fascinating new places, and we know we can't get there by treading the same garden path others have before us. So we did the thing you're not supposed to do. We killed the character who's supposed to be safe. In real life, none of us are safe. When we first met Quentin Coldwater, he was in a mental hospital contending with painful questions of life and death. This season, we are we sold a rare opportunity to complete his arc, bringing him a real understanding of the incalculable value of his own life. Quentin and we got to see the truth. There is no such thing as minor mending. The smallest action can ripple out in powerful ways we may never fully know. (sighs) Oh my god. (laughs) And uh, we had this conversation last week where I think both of us are like, if if we didn't know the season 5 was already coming, Mm -hmm. that this show seemed like it was heading towards a series finale Mm -hmm. and to a point it has uh because in season one the quentin was our protagonist Mm -hmm. shorter or everyone was else came up to the front in the the following seasons but like quentin was we were following really quentin's story yeah Yeah. it it really was and like his attachment to fillory like Fillory and Quentin were hand in hand, and last week's episode where he basically has to prove that he truly loves Fillory, and how he talks about how he used it as escape for you know to save himself. Fillory saved him. Mm-hmm. It's it's it it's beautiful from <laughs> from beginning to end, and like to to feel the way we felt. Like especially during that bonfire scene mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, you that has to be earned. Yes, and you can't have that kind of relation to a character like sort of just on the fly, right? It's yeah. something that you know the entire like last four seasons really worked hard on, and you know we I think Quentin is so relatable to so many people, 
And, you know, in many sense, he's us, the ordinary person who wanted to be special, but, you know, wanted an escape or wanted a fantastical world, but, um, you know, questioned whether or not they really mattered, right? Yeah, and, like, when we saw in the earlier episode where they were trying to get the uh, uh, learn the bond, learn the bond from Mayakovsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Quentin learns what his uh, talent was. You know, it was minor mending. He was a bit upset, but Alice knew the truth behind it. Um, and to see it come back full circle oh. was really nice. I think, I think how we got to where the situation where he had to put his life on the line might not have been the greatest of writing, uh, but the sacrifice and the character arc I think have come full circle and mm-hmm. they've earned it. Yep. Um, so I'm happier with that. Um, so I think it, it's such a bittersweet <sighs> ending, right? It, it, it really is. And it, you know, they tease enough for us to move forward on. And I mean, this fin- like I finished watching this, I went out to get lunch and I, I just sat like it, it I had that heavy heart. Yeah, it, it, it sits it, with you. It, it, it sat with me for like two hours. And like it, it, I, when I think about it, it I still like. It, I know. I I feel like I need someone to hug me. I know. <laughs> and, and, and you don't get that often. And yes. it's yes. Ah. yes. I thousand percent agree. And you know, as we talk more in depth about the episode and like, um. Even on the train this morning, like, I heard a specific song come on on my commute. And I was like, oh, my God, hold it in. Uh, Oh, my God. Don't cry. Don't cry. (laughs) Take on me will never be the same again. Okay. And, like, we always ask for musicals. In episode, like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, fans always ask for musicals. I've said my piece on it in the musical uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, But, man, that was... Got wrenching. So like I was like, I was like, what? What the hell is Katie casting? And then the music kicks in, and I was like, I was like, no, don't do this. And it's it's so well done. Like mm-hmm. that song needs to, that version of the song needs to be on Spotify. <laughs> I agree. I will listen to it constantly. <laughs> yeah. Wait, <sighs> Jesus! Like they need an adult version of Glee. They should mm-hmm. just use the magician's cast. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 <sighs> All Man. right. So let's get into it, Bilal. Let's dive into some unforgettable moments on tonight's season four finale yeah all right so we pick up pretty much exactly where we left mm-hmm. off alice and quentin show up outside of you know fog cell uh, yeah yeah uh, was it fog cell or was it where um well, yeah. julia was about to kill fog well inside fog cell in the library right oh yeah yeah, yeah. so uh you know uh they're about to uh, face off with the sister yeah. monster and it's it, you know I, I will say that up to this point we've had so many theories on what was going to happen and this whole episode completely derailed any thing that I thought was going to happen because it just didn't happen that way and yeah. it was such a surprise in a good way because you didn't know what was happening was going to happen I, next right and that that's the magician for you you can yep. never guess where it's going just and so like, I think you know I have some disappointment with some of, like, how it was set up, but the emotional payoff, I think, is what carries this finale, for sure. Agreed. And even in, like, this first instance, um, you know, Alice and Quentin are at the hallway with, um, with a sister monster, and Alice, you know, using her supercharged magic, um, pushes the creature back against the wall, and... The mo- the sister monster's like, oh, well, maybe I'll keep you guys as pets, but I really like strong pets, and you guys are pretty weak. And just as they're about to, um, just as she's about to attack them, Penny that Penny twenty three travels behind her and uh, sticks her with the axe. Yeah, and like, not just with uh, Julia, but even with Elliot. It's like these guys just like wind up and just go for like the kill yeah. with these axes. It's like it's like maybe like aim for the shoulder or something. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, like like you could have yeah grazed a thigh maybe yeah. or something. I don't know, but like, okay. the, maybe you just needed a small cut. But like no, it's just like we're going to disembowel you. <laughs> so then you know the axes do work, <clears throat> and the sister essence um, leaves Julia's body and gets trapped inside one of the bodies. Quentin and Alice then quickly do um, the incorporate incorporate bond, bond. and um, it's holding for the moment, but they need to um, uh, reinforce it. So 
um, they need to travel back to Fillory to tap into more magic through the reservoir, right? Julia, though, is now back in her body and she's in pain. And Penny's like, no, we go to the hospital. But she's like, no, 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 dude. We got to go to the reservoir. Except when they get there, it's empty. Why? Because Everett has drained it now that the curse has been lifted. And after that, Julia then gets... Um, put on bed rest in uh the um break bills the break bills um, hospital ward yeah and professor lipson basically explains that because julia's in this in-between state still her you know semi-immortal well her immortal body is trying to re-knit the wound closed but because the axe is also magical it keeps reopening so she's stuck in this perpetual um, reopening of, of a wound. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, like, agonizing. And Penny 23 is, you know, naturally freaking the F out. So we then find out that he um, goes to grab the binder. Where We don't know where he's been this entire time, but hey, <laughs> that we may never know. And he, the binder... Um, Basically says that he can help because this is his expertise, but a decision needs to be made whether Julia will begin the arduous and very difficult process into full goddessship again, or if her body is to be returned back into its human form. But currently, Julia's unconscious, just so that she doesn't experience the pain. So Penny 23 is kind of forced to make the decision for her, even though he keeps saying he knows that this needs to be her decision. And he chooses, dun dun dun, for Julia to go back to becoming a, to being a human. So I wasn't sure until the very end that yeah. uh, what Penny chose yes. because Penny Penny never comes out and says, says it. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just uh, like he's just quiet about the decision, and like the entire time, I thought Julia was gonna be was still a god, and he just didn't want to say anything, but um. I, she has an exam with Lipson, uh, where she's like, "I'm perfectly normal." Yeah. Um, and she's mad. She's like, she's she's mad, she's pissed <laughs> as hell. Yeah, but like, and but Penny is just like, it, you know, it's what you would have really wanted. Um, and he admits that he was being selfish. That he yeah, didn't want to lose her again and couldn't watch her go through that pain over and I, over. And I don't blame him for mm-hmm. making uh, her human just be. Well, t- two reasons. On a personal level, that kiss they shared before she got nabbed, mm-hmm. where, you know, she literally was saying, like, she wouldn't be able to feel this relationship Anymore, that she yeah. would want. Um, so, like, I mean, I think, you know, that's pretty safe to say, but I think the big thing that Julia is going through is, like, she has no access to magic now. She's Again, just perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's heart wrenching. Yeah. Uh, and After everything that she's been through, right? Yeah. Oh, God! It's just like you know, gets kicked out of brick bills, becomes a hedge, gets raped by uh, a god. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just like becomes a demigod of yeah. some sort. It's like her journey's been absolutely insane, and just to like lose everything that yeah. she struggled. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it, it's hard. It it's heartbreaking. So yeah, it sucks so bad. Yeah. and you know, you can't help but wonder if things could have been different for her right depending on the choices that fog had made in the yeah. in the first season but um this kind it of, all goes yeah. back it all goes back it, it to all, clever being yeah. a pedophile yeah if exactly. he wasn't martin chatwin would, would never not be the beast yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so we can blame plover <laughs> yes it's all plover's fault plover's the reason quentin died Exactly. Blame everything on him. And we wait, we don't even know what happened to Plover, right? Yeah, wh- where where did he go? Maybe, you know what? Maybe next season. He was still season, in the apartment. Yeah, yeah, he was in the apartment, but maybe next season we'll find out what his fate will be. Because yeah. I can't imagine that they wouldn't have put some kind of tracking spell on him or something, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. But let's move on to Josh for the moment, who has returned from being a fish at last. And that scene between him and Margo in the kitchen was actually really adorable because she admits that she loves him. And um, and I'm I'm pretty sure that that wasn't easy for her, right? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a cute scene. I think it builds off of last mm-hmm. week where she's spending all this time going as far as she can 
uh, to keep him alive. And then, right after that scene, I think Penny 23 drops in, right? Yeah, right as they're about to have sex. And oh, he gets yeah, a, that's right. <laughs> and he gets a face full of Josh's... Josh's butt. Yep. <laughs> Maybe his bits, but mostly yeah. his butt. <laughs> and Margot, though, this is another hard scene because Margot obviously notices that oh. Elliot is not there. And so she really rails on him and was like, oh, just you chose to save Julia first. And she is indestructible, so what the hell, right? Yeah. And it, oh, it, her, like, I get her love for Elliot, but, like, it really confuses me at time if it's more than just friendship. Hmm. Or if there's something more. You know what? They She probably feels like they're hetero life mates. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Like, they're... But, then, but yeah. we know Elliot... Because Elliot plays it... Elliot... Wait, it's it's hard. Yeah. Cause I can't tell if Elliot's bi or not. Like, cause he's been in. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I don't know if it's ever been said sh- straight out, but. But I think you know it's it's sort of also challenging the idea of um, uh, that men and women can be you know can deeply love each other in a in like a platonic yeah. way, but also more than that, in not in a but not necessarily in a romantic way. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a really hard scene to watch, but it was momentarily, um, interrupted when Josh, uh, appears to have superpowered fish magic, as he calls it, but no, it was likely because he touched the, the reservoir, right? Yeah. And I think at this moment, they are probably, at least Penny is thinking, especially, like, this could be another option for them to be able to cast the corporate bond for the monster to free Elliot. Um... But there's some strange repercussions because in the next scene, Josh and Margo are at the physical kid's cabin catching up with Quentin and basically explaining and well, Quentin had been explaining how um, the that Everett had um, drained the, the reservoir. And so now they didn't have another source of magic. But Josh was like, well, why don't we just let um, Everett? take the monster from Elliot's body, right? Because he could do it. But then Margot gets pissed again and says that would probably kill Elliot, and she storms off. Just as, you know, the two of them, uh, Josh and Quentin, are talking because Quentin's like, yes, if there's any risk to Elliot dying, like, that's that option is off the table because he also does not want to lose Elliot. Yeah. And in that instant, the monster then appears... And is looking for his sister in the scroll. And this happened super fast. And I had to like re- kind of pay attention, a lot more attention in the second, my second viewing of the episode. Wherein as Josh is trying to get the scroll because it's just laying on um, the couch. Yeah, so I think he picks it up. He but the monster up. knows that he has it. And he yeah. like opens Tries. it. Yeah. And beca- as soon as he opens it, I think Josh's fish magic kicks in. Kicks in, yes. And yes. it creates the portal. Yes. And that's when they jump in. And before we follow up on what happened there, um, worth it to mention too that previous to this, Julia and Quentin actually had a conversation about the scroll, wherein Julia, you know, now explains basically that she's human again. And but she, since she shared bodies with the sister monster, she knows what they're planning to do, and it's to go, you know, to the realm of the old gods and basically to kill everyone and then kill all the humans through like a nuclear winter or something like that. But um, the one benefit of sharing the body is that the sister monster left the scroll in Julia's coat pocket, <laughs> so conveniently they have it, right? And that's. Um, essentially how uh the scroll got left on the little couch and after that um going back to josh and quentin jumping through the portal fog appears behind the monster and casts a spell on him to disorient him and sort of like transport him to a forest of swords right so the monster is basically kind of chilling there, very, very disoriented. And then we then go to um, the the portal, which leads Q and Josh to a different realm, a.k.a. the realm of the old gods, which turns out to be um, a generic office. 
<laughs> Why are we not? Like, that shouldn't be surprising, right? I, I, for a second, I, I thought my confused. theory of... I didn't know what was happening. For a second, I thought my theory of, like, all gods are just humans was mm-hmm. coming true. And then, like, he's playing golf. golf like, yep. it, it just... Yeah, the old gods, I just don't understand, man. Yeah, and I thought it was so... F- it was, you know, once they landed, they're screaming. There, there's like a whole bunch of balloons on the floor, and there's like a congratulations banner. And the golfer dude is like, um, basically making binary jokes, and was just like, "Oh, congratulations for solving blah 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 quest." And they're like, "Uh, they have completely no clue what's happening." So, you know, that whole scroll has, I guess, is a part of a larger quest, right? That. They probably set up eons and eons ago, and for humans to figure for out. For humans to figure out, but they never really did because Hello was stuck with the library, or maybe the library was trying to figure out but never did, right? Yeah. Well, it was in the poison room, wasn't it? Yes. Or yes, it was in the poison room. Um, but that was very, very funny and kind of and like interesting to find out. Like, you know. I, I wonder if we would ever learn more about what that whole thing was about, right? Because the golfer the entire time is like, you guys are so stupid. Like, how do you not understand these concepts? (laughs) And he actually wants to leave them because he's like, "Uh, I have tea time now. But they beg for five minutes of the guy's time and explain um, their situation with the monsters. But the dude really could care less and basically says that neither would the old gods, even if the monsters were able to get into their realm, right? They just don't really give zero Fs for that. But Josh then says, well, what if... I think it was Josh who said it. Well, what if we took care of this issue for you? Yeah. And um, the dude was like, well, yeah, that would be fine. Um, except... He kind of... Oh, yeah. He, he's not that helpful. No, <laughs> like, no. He's kind of, like, very nonchalant and, like, ambivalent about the entire situation, right? Yeah, he's just, just he's just like, I don't want anything to do with you guys. Yeah. You guys are just... Uh, what did he say? What did he say? Because I think they said, I want to speak to all gods. He compared them to chihuahuas. was asking for uh, something from yeah, basically, angels. Yeah, for, was it, like, yeah, from Archangel. For, yeah, asking for a blowjob uh, blo- from, from Archangel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you know at the very end of this he does give them some advice and tells them to throw the two siblings into the seam but they're completely clueless what the seam is and so he kind of has to dumb it down for them and is like well you know it's a space between the this universe and the antiverse where everything's dead and you know it's possible that this seam leaked and so it created a pocket universe where everything is upside down and backwards and um and there are no living things and Kuyu goes oh you mean the mirror world and he and the dude was like oh that's cute yeah that works yeah <laughs> so do you think that like the antiverse is the underworld or is that something even completely no, because- different I think it's something completely different because mm-hmm. I think he, when he said the underworld, didn't he say, no, it's not that? No. Or maybe it is that? No, no, no. He said, um, you mean in between this world? Oh, yeah. Or maybe, no, no, no. Maybe you're right. Maybe he did say the underworld. And the guy was like, no, you're right. Okay. No, I think that sounds correct. Yeah, vaguely correct. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I need to rewatch that part again. But yeah, um, yeah. we're just emotional, everyone. <laughs> I know, like I can't remember everything. Darn it. Um, but then, so the guy before he leaves gives um, Q and Josh some cake, congratulating them. But yeah, he suggests that they throw the two siblings in there because whatever's thrown into the seam can never ever come back, which is kind of sad too when you think about it. Right? Like, for two indestructible beings, although because they're kind of crazy, like, sure, I get it. But still, that's kind of a sad existence for anyone. Yeah. Um, I just feel like they're going to come back in some way. In some way. <laughs> the, like, yeah. the two, three seasons down the line. It'll be like, we're back. <laughs> or what if, like, all of a sudden they need them for something? So they have to somehow go into the seam and try to get them back out, right? Yeah. Like, oh, they need them to kill the old gods for whatever reason. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but after that, 
we then go back to the cottage where Q and Josh explain what happened to them. And they try to formulate a plan to get um, the monster out of Elliot, right? And so Katie suggests that even though they don't have like a source of, um, you know, strong magic anymore, that they actually use a, a, a cooperative spell using hedges all over the world and any magician who is willing to cast the spell with them. And that collective effort should be enough to cast the incorporate bond on the bottle. So I, I think we missed uh, two things with Katie. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So one, of the, so one of them, she's talking to... What was his name? Pete? The head? Yes, yeah, Pete. Pete. No, what's his new name? Lover? Oh, um... Girl? <laughs> love lady? Love lady, yeah. Love lady, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. so... That's uh, he, he mentions that... He woke up he with Reedsmark, right? Or he got Reedsmark. He got Reedsmark, yeah. I believe. But he also mentioned that uh, the library is pretty much just like blatantly just driving around in a van grabbing hedges everywhere and just marking them with the reeds mark um, which uh, if I recall doesn't allow them to cast magic anymore yes yes, yes. Yeah. and then and so, Katie then ends up um, going to break joining mode. Zelda yeah. Well, yeah, she, she also joined Zelda for chemo yes and I think they're at break bills though for chemo I think that, that right? might be, is it break bills or I, the library? I think they're at break bills because they can't go back to the library still. Okay. Yeah, I think they're at break bills. And um, basically, Katie tells Zelda that, you know, she needs to prove to herself that she isn't just an obedient servant of the library anymore, despite knowing what they did, right? Yeah. Although, I, th- I think you were right in last, ep- uh, about last episode where Zelda was still helping Everett because... Like, there would have been no other way that he would have been able to tap into that magic, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, he had to know what was going yeah. on. Like, yep. how else would he know yeah, that the lake becomes exactly. open? Exactly, she would have and told like, him, yeah. I, I, and I'm kind of angry that, like, Martin's great plan for that reservoir was to, once you use the petal of that leaf, anyone can tap into yeah, it from that it, point forward. It's kind of like, like, it should I, be self-reactivating again. Like, Yeah, yeah. It, it's like whoever... Ate the leaf eat contained. the leaf? Yeah. 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 yeah, but like, did he eat the leaf? Like, no. did flowers exist in there? Like, no. I, I don't... So, like, see, it's like small things like that that kind of just was like, okay, they're trying to rush towards <laughs> something here. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Jumping back to the incorporate jump, bond. Yeah, jumping for, back to the incorporate bond, they come up with a plan right so they um margo is finally convinced okay fine that this this could work because alice sticks up for katie's plan um before they enact it though oh my god this the staircase scene where alice tells q that they need to do this together because they're better as a team yes <laughs> oh my god it's it's so good and it's like and uh, it, it just goes back and touches upon like Oh man, and how he's just like, he's like okay, you know, I just yeah. wanted to do this by myself because I wanted to protect you. And, yeah, oh. yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so heartbreaking. I know. It's like they just got back together. Like they just, they just got, got back together. Not even that. They just got into a good place too. Yes, yes. Yeah. And and you know, we're both characters have matured enough and like gone through a lot of stuff and like they. It's it. It feels like they have a lot of potential to really you know like be happy together right and then that mm-hmm. happens damn it <laughs> um so yeah i think you and i are gonna have a lot of like size and like ugh. coming up yeah coming up yeah Where- so oh the- yeah yeah no i was gonna say so this plan of theirs mm-hmm. when all right so do you want to talk through how they initiate it uh sure so Quentin, Margot, and Penny, 23, head to the forest where the monster is. Because and- Fog sent him there? Yes, because Fog sent him there. And- okay, one thing about Fog, mm-hmm. Fog has way too many tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. Like, I- I'm trying to think he of- He can pull stuff so- out of his ass. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> this dude is like the Han Solo oh, of yeah. the magician's world. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got tools, he's got tricks, and it- 
it's never ending bag. Oh, yeah. He's like Santa Claus. Of that's why he's tricksters. the dean, man. That's yeah, why he's the dean. But it's like what? Ha- like I would love to see an episode of just like what happened to Fog before to Ooh. make him just like have all have these all backup these, plans. Yeah. So yeah. True. So true. And, you know, I think that... Um, because they kept um, the sister creature in, like, this oh, yeah. super sub-freezing cold thing to Bl- hold the incorporate bond. Yeah, below um, Fogg's desk or something like that yeah. in his office. And, like, yeah, like, he has... Yeah, you're right. He just has so many tricks up his sleeve. and But, you know, he's a very smart dude. And that's how he survived 40 timelines, if you think about it, right? Yeah. Um, but so back to the forest, right? So as the three are creeping up on Creature Elliot, this is kind of like a really sad moment too, because the monster is sort of just like chilling on the ground and he's like, you know, there's a lot of beauty in the human world. And he picks up a leaf and he's like, especially in the quiet. And then Quentin and Penny appear and was like, hey, and they, they serve as a distraction so that Margot then comes from behind and stabs him or axes him in the back, right? Or no, in the front, yeah. in the front, actually, in the gut. Yeah, right in the gut. <laughs> yeah. Previous to that, though, she actually pops out her fairy eye again and rolls it towards the monster so that she can still see what he's doing. And so she isn't caught up surprise, which I thought was a nice little touch. Um, and so... Still... Fairy yeah. eye, most disappointing. I know. I feel like um, I wish I could have. They could have used it more, right? Yeah, it's just like you could have done so much more with the fairy eye this season. True, true. Um, and so once the spirit leaves, it gets trapped in the bottle. Penny sends out a mass text saying they need to start casting now, and everyone's around the world casts. Even Zelda is casting. So it's it's such a powerful moment and shows how the entire magical world here can really kind of come together for uh an important cause right you want to know what this reminded me of what um at the end of the x-men animated series when they're taking down apocalypse all the psychics in the world get together and they like i if i recall they like all like try to stop it uh, apocalypse at once and seal them away and yeah. it's reminded me 100 oh. <laughs> it gets like i was like i was like this is x-men yeah. all over again <laughs> or it's like goku doing a spirit bomb <laughs> <sighs> so then um you know while they're doing that, Margot is telling Elliot to serve, like to stay with her, and she's screaming at him. And he finally wakes up and says, "Well, since you put it so nicely, Bambi," and he gets taken back to Breakbills, where thankfully Professor Lipson used to be a trauma surgeon and is able to save him the old-fashioned way through surgery. <laughs> um, luckily, though, <laughs> convenient facts. Convenient facts. That, oh, <laughs> thankfully, yeah, thankfully. the season of convenient facts. Because you know what, I don't think my heart could handle if more people died in this episode. Yeah. Let's be real. Um, but then, had I not yeah. like so, just a little behind the scenes, like along with the screener info, we got the PDF, and I decided to read the PDF first because I totally thought it was going to be Elliot. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I I read it and I was like, oh. I got this completely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you messaged me. You're like, you totally got it right. And I was like, what do you mean I got it right? But but I had accidentally looked at some spoiler pictures. So I knew. I'm I'm guessing you saw. I saw the picture of Quentin in the elevator. So I was like, Uh, I was so mad. I was so mad at myself. And I was just like, damn it. Why did I? But still, like, it does not. It didn't take away from the absolute emotional heartbreak that this episode was um and so i really did not want to like say anything except to you because we would be doing this podcast (laughs) Uh. (laughs) um so let's so let's, let's just get it get over let's get over yeah. this last part. Ugh. Yeah. So, so they go to the, go to the mirror, mirror world, world with so it's Alice, Penny, right. and um, Quentin. Quentin. Yeah. And and so the way Alice sets it up, which is another convenient fact, yeah. she's like, "There's this door in the mirror world where I think the seam might mm-hmm. be yeah. because when I was a niffin, I knew I shouldn't just, go into that no matter what. Yeah, there's something about it, like her gut feeling was like I shouldn't go in there. And then Alice is also like, "You can't cast magic in there." 
for reasons like it backfires or something like like you can cast it but you're gonna really mess yourself up yeah yeah and i think as a niffin if alice alice probably she's already dead so i don't know like if if it mattered for her or if it just like it really hurt but she couldn't die um so we get to the door it's like a really nice like museum-esque yeah. place yes. it's like a, it's not that creepy mirror world we saw before it's a really nice place in the mirror world and uh alice goes to the door she tries to uh, open it but she like hesitates and penny's like Let's well screw this. yeah let's get this over with and we go in and they're like this place is some sort of lab yep. and there's like a giant mirror. uh mirror that's in front of them it reminds me with, of the like, harry potter mirror yep 100 percent. i was about to <laughs> right? say that. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I was so, like, what is the mirror of Erised look doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, Quentin pulls the cover off, and, uh, he, uh, you look inside, it's kind of like a galaxy with, like, yes. a black hole. Yes. Like, it's like it's a, like it's a, like a, a tear. Re- yeah. It's a tear. Like, if you ever watch Bleach, it's like oh, what yes. the hollows use. Yeah, to, <laughs> to, like, yeah. That's like a like good a breach description. In, yeah. It's like, it, there's a breach in the sky, and there's, like, another dimension in opening it up. Mm-hmm. It does perfectly describe it. And, uh, so they toss, Quentin tosses one bottle in. And as and they're about to toss the other one, guess who convenience, shows yeah. <laughs> Convenient fact number five, uh, Everett walks mm-hmm. in, because he, apparently, he knew exactly what their plan was. Yeah. Uh, Who told I, him? Hmm. Or is he, like, kind of god level now, so he's I think kind he of just omniscient? Go- I, I think he's know. just god level at this point, because I don't think Zelda told him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't even think Zelda was aware of the scene. I think it was just con- oh, they needed. So th- th- this is this is my ma- big problem with the episode. And you know what? In the large scheme of things, it, whatever. This episode's still fantastic. It's just like there's a lot of convenience to get to wrap up Quentin's storyline. Mm-hmm. Like this room, you can't cast in. It's gonna backfire. Um, and then Everett being this villain that they built up and. It just doesn't deliver, in my opinion. Ah. Um, I I really uh, like. I could only say this now after the season. But, like I know how the season wraps up, but I kind of wish it was Zelda Ooh, in this situation with the godlike powers. I think she she's been around since season one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I I think she would have been a great like nemesis for them. Like if she heel turned against Everett and just was like, no, what if I want to be the god instead? And uh, like just having the face off against her, I think would have been a bigger impact than Everett, who's been let's be honest, like a no name. Like his the biggest description we have of him was he found the Binder's book and learned how to become a god uh, in the Mirror World one time. And then he's like one of the head librarians. Yeah. That's about it. Like I, um, I would have liked to have been able to get like a better backstory on him, right? Yeah, and like, like have them flesh him out more as a villain, right? He's like he's like a Marvel villain mm-hmm. in, from the movies. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's like yeah, he's menacing, he's powerful, but like at the end of the day, next season we're gonna be like, what was his name? Ah, uh, and surprising yeah, yeah. too because like in previous seasons like with the fairy queen that was amazing like and they well they did her justice yeah like, they did her super justice and like yeah. you you know they were so good at kind of you know teasing that oh this was this person or this character was kind of villainous but then ended up oh hey they had a legit backstory and like yeah you actually felt for their character right it seems like they might also like they have a reason to keep Zelda around for True. a future storyline as well, but I just feel like it, it, Everett ended up being a clunker in terms of, like, uh, storyline payoff. Yeah, I agree. And, like, uh, you know, because, you know, in the next scene, as Quentin tries to throw the next bottle in, Everett then destroys the mirror, right? Yeah. And um, Alice is like, wait, you can't cast in here. And he's like, I know, mutually assured destruction. And so he tries to convince Quentin to give him the bottle so that he could absorb the power, basically. But Q then tells Penny to do it, grab her now, to um, for him, for the traveler to grab Alice. And he then mends the mirror with his with his discipline, right? Minor mending. Minor mending. So, I can't remember what Penny Forty told Twenty Three. Was it that like when the time comes, you'll know what to do, or was it like to trust Quentin? I totally forgot. Episode. Oh my gosh, I don't remember. I I, I had to go back. Yeah. I didn't have enough time to go back and check what that uh twenty three 
was oh, told. I gotta. But uh, I, I think it refer- yeah. it, it was in reference to this moment because uh-huh. I think there's a realization that uh, comes across his face. Oh where yeah, he's like, like he knows something, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he yeah. like he knows like this is that moment yeah. that he was told about, and it, and so Quentin does his minor mending on the mirror. The crack starts to affix. And he like tosses the bottle, the, the bottle into the seam, like just as the mirror fixes, mm-hmm. and uh, the ricochet this, effect like, happens. Yeah, it's just like this giant cloud, of and like Everett tries to run, so Quentin starts to run, but Penny and Alice are already like At out the, the door. door. Yeah, uh, but Quentin doesn't make it, and, <gasps> and Alice is, and this whole thing was in slow motion, and it was yeah, just like and black and, and white, black and white, except for the <laughs> except for the shower of sparks, right, which was yeah. in gold, and oh my god, it was just like, and it's just like, uh, like you, you're like you're like holy shit, like Q got got, but yeah. then. In the back of your mind, also, you're just like, okay, but characters have died before. Yeah, like, like, I mean, we're, how many versions of Penny? Exactly. Uh, exactly. Have we seen, like, a, a Mar- even, Marina? Yeah, you know, like, Marina died. Yeah. Even a whole bunch of them died in season one. Alice died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so, like, th- this is where the magician's writers were smart. Like, they knew they had to say goodbye to this character, and they knew, like, this actor also had to go. Yeah. Um, And we already know, I think, from other timelines, like, Q doesn't survive for the most part in majority of those. Yes, yes, in other yeah. timelines. And yes. so, like, th- they need they need to say goodbye to him. Yeah. And so once they're out, we get that scene at the end of the episode oh. where Penny twenty three jumps timelines and where he met Penny forty. Yes, and so we go back to where Penny forty yeah is walking down the elevator uh, a hallway and the elevator opens and he goes, "Hey, it's been a while." And and it's you were Q. right. It's mother you were F- right. Q. <laughs> and Quentin's like, "Holy crap, I'm dead." <laughs> yeah, and so like they have this conversation, and Q's just like they they go into that it- room where it's is it's what um secrets revealed uh, like. Oh, what's the name of that room? Hold on, I wrote that down. The s- secrets not spoken. Um, wait, wait, wait. Where is that? Where was that? It is secrets taken to the grave. Okay, it's that room. Yeah. And so Penny Forty gives him a cup of hot chocolate, and Quentin's like, "Okay, so I think this is the point in time where I can't lie about anything, right?" And Penny Forty goes, "Yes, it's when your whole life is revealed, but it only means anything if you reveal it to yourself." And I'm just like, "Oh yeah. my god, I'm gonna start crying already at this point." Yeah, and so like, <sighs> I, and then Q starts talking, yeah. and like he's the line he delivers is like, he basically talks about his time in the mental institute, mm-hmm. how he, you know, faced suicide. He wrote these suicidal notes. Yeah, um, he took a lot and of medication. He, goes, like, he was the yeah therapy, and then and, he found break. And it was that yeah. And then he found break bills, and that's where and he found Philbury, and that's where his life changed and got better. And then he sits there, and he's like, and th- this line like absolutely wrecked me. Did I do something brave to save my friends, or did I finally find a way to kill myself? Oh my god! And I was just like, I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh god! Cute. And, and it's just. And so, and then, like, Penny's like, we're going to need the deluxe package. And he's like, but it's cool, and, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and like, this is a point where, like, I just put my pen down. Uh, and, and just, I just watch the I, scene. Yeah. I, I, I just watched the rest of the episode because yeah. I was like. I can't. I, I, I can't. Yeah. I, I, it, it's so well done. Oh, my God. And great. I feel like, I, like, I'm excited to follow Twitter in about. An hour and 20 minutes because I think we're recording yeah. before it a little bit before people are gonna lose um, their damn minds mm-hmm. yeah I, I expect breakdowns like I know you just met you mentioned earlier that an Elliot and uh Quentin Chipper mm-hmm. was asking for any hints about them I just couldn't and let, I couldn't I just couldn't yeah, uh, yeah like I I normally I'm like yo you need to watch this like the episode's so good this that like it's absolutely crazy. I was just like, just watch it live. Um, mm-hmm. I I didn't want to say anything past that because uh, I didn't want to accept yeah, expectations. Yeah, it's like, where do you even begin <laughs> with this, right? Yeah, it's like I just yeah, like oh, so okay, so there, Penny Forty takes Q to a campfire um, behind the physical kids cabin where it's Julia, Margot, oh uh, no, Julia. Um, Katie, Alice, Alice, Fog, and Penny Twenty Three. 
Yeah. And Alice is like, I have no words. Like, I, I don't know what to mm-hmm. say. And and Katie, she, she says something else that I didn't get. I think it was like, you know, I'm not sure if she said this now or if she said mm-hmm. it earlier, but something around, along the lines of like, you know, and then my entire life, uh, you know, like, all I've ever wanted was like to just be with Penny. That's all, oh, you that's know. Katie. Yeah, that's earlier. Yeah, that's earlier. Yeah, that was earlier. Yeah. Okay. She was talking. That's when she was talking to Pete because Pete was like, "You kind of saying like you can't die yet," and she's like, "Yeah, that's all. Like, this stuff doesn't mean anything to me really mm-hmm. in a sense." Where all she wanted to be was to be with Penny, right? Yeah, and like at at this point, like Katie is knows exactly where Alice has mm-hmm. been. Yeah, and like there's no coming back. Yeah. From this one, yeah. Um, and she, though I would, I wouldn't be surprised if Alice spends next season trying to find a way because uh, Q did not give up on her. Yeah. Plus, do you remember how in we? Ha- that's how we met Alice in Timeline Twenty Three through the Tesla flexion, right? And she was like, yeah. she was she was going crazy trying to find a way to save like Quentin. Um, although technically he was the Beast, but you know, anyways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh. oh my gosh, so. Katie, I think, tells Alice at the campfire that not does she say it doesn't get easier or it does get easier? I forget. It, it, it's something along the lines, like, but or, I don't want. Yeah, or it's like she says something to try to comfort her. I think, right? Yeah. And she then casts that very familiar spell, which is the musical spell, and they start singing a beautiful acoustic rendition of Take On Me that it, it's, was so slain. Like, I just... You, oh you feel it in your bones. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's just like, you see Alice holding the mug that Quentin fixed. At uh, The one that he... Yeah. Was, yeah uh, and, and she throws it into the bonfire. Yeah. Uh, was it... Did you jot down what each yes. person had? So Katie throws in the Fillerine Further book four that Plover signed for Quentin. Yes. Then um, Fog throws in um, the break bills, the break bills uh, worm that Quentin yeah. signed season one. Penny twenty three throws in one of the eggs that they were using to get over um, the attachment <laughs> to the to the I- baby dragon. And like, and like, he laughs. Quentin laughs at it because like it's such a cute scene. Yeah. And like, Penny Forty mentions he's like, Yo, he's like, you know, you know, you like appreciate when this you guys, real grief, man. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, this is like pure grief. He's like, he's like, when uh, he's like, I was there when you found that I was dead, and, and you, you laughed. laughed. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then as they're singing, you know, a recovering Elliot and Margot join in, and Margot tosses in Q's okay. Delorean crown. Yeah, so when uh, Margot and Elliot show up, that's when you realize that it's Elliot, and yeah. Quentin's eyes well up, oh my and God. I, oh. I oh. nearly had a meltdown <laughs> in a public setting, and- <laughs> At work. Look, look, look I, I get sad. There's very few things I've actually cried in. I think I can only think of, like, two movies where- not, where I possibly have had a tear come out. And, like, <laughs> this was just, like, I was, like, my eyes were, like, brimming with tears. And I was just, like, I was, like, holy shit, I need to get it together. Uh, before somebody's, like, did somebody die? <laughs> I was, like, yes, yes, yes they did. Died. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm really happy that I was watching this by myself in my apartment. Because I was yeah. straight up bawling already. Like, like, snot coming out bawling. And it was, like, oh, my uh. God, I just... This that was so oh it was so horribly beautiful but like so sad and then and, uh, oh and like to make matters worse like uh, so Margot throws in the crown yeah, and, and then, then Elliot, oh, Elliot yeah. takes the bite out of the peach and throws the peach in and I was like Why? oh my god <laughs> and like you get the flashback of them in the throne yeah. room where he had turned them down and then you then I remembered the scene from oh, when Elliot was in the creature's mindscape and his biggest regret was not was, telling Quentin the truth yeah. oh, about how he was scared to take the risk to try and have a relationship with him like <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> look <laughs> I, I, I realize there's gonna be a subset of fans that are gonna be so pissed like about like this ship not happening and like normally i'm like whatever shippers like i get it i get this one i was rooting for it myself Mm -hmm. and i normally don't root for like any type of relationship but like man they did it justice they did quentin justice uh they wrapped it up um and it's like it it 
was Quentin around when Julia throws in her item? No. Or no? Was he, she f- so, he finds out at the end. Yeah. When yeah, Penny so, tells him. Did Penny tell him? Yeah. So after this scene, right? Because yeah. um, they head back into that room in the underworld. Basically, Q asks if his friends are going to be okay. And Penny's like, oh, yeah, they'll be fine when they get here. And, he, and Q's like, no, I mean, up there. And so this is the last part of the episode where we're near the last part of the episode where Penny basically lays the groundwork for next season, right? So we find out... Okay, so that's how it works. Okay. So we find out that um, Zelda is back at the library but there's very little librarians and she has a conversation with Sheila when Sheila and another librarian are like, Zelda, you need to run this. Thank God we have you. And And she was like, no, I know what I'm capable of and I cannot do this. She then sends... So Katie did some good. Yeah, yeah. She convinced her of how she is not exactly the best suited person to run the library, right? So she then has um, Sheila go find Alice because she wants Alice to run the library, basically. Meanwhile, um, Margot and um, Elliot are back in Fillory. And when they come to look at uh, White Spire, it's actually gotten so much huger, and they're super confused. Was that what it was? Yeah, they're all okay these because t- like new towers, like tons and tons of them. I was at, so like I had zero memory of it, and I was so super confused at like what they were con- like angry about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns out though, because so after they stop some like um, villagers to find out what's going on, and if um, Fen and Josh are still ruling, the the guy the villagers like, are you kidding me? Is this a test? And they're like, no, 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 we just haven't been here a really long time. And so we find out that three hundred years have passed in Fillory. And um, Fen and Josh were overthrown 300 years ago. So that's they crazy. angered the gods? I, and like I don't the know. dark king now reigns? Yeah. 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 So who is that dark king? And uh, how that's crazy that that much time had passed because presumably in on Earth, it has not been that long, right? But you would think that maybe Penny23 would have traveled to Fillory at some point to be like, hey, Josh, do you still want to come back maybe before you're overthrown? I don't know, right? They could have sent a rabbit, all I'm saying. Um, Yeah. And then we kind of get a little bit of a a, a quick snippet as to what's happening in Break Bills, wherein the magic is actually flowing again, too, once... um, uh, Everett's Everett eyes. Said. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, you see Professor Lipson and Dean Fogg kind of reactivating certain spells. And it looks like it's still kind of super powered, right? Where it, it's sort of fritzy, where like there are bursts of suddenly really strong magic or something. At least that was my impression. Yeah. I, I, I've, so I, I can't tell if it's one of two things. I can't tell if they were so used to conserving their magic that mm-hmm. now with all the magic flowing like normal, that. It, it, they're just getting adjusted to it. Mm-hmm. But th- then there's the thing with Fog's globe. Globes, yeah. I don't remember what that spell does. It's supposed was it to... just like new magicians? Yeah, it's supposed to help locate new magicians. Potentially yeah, so it seems new like, magicians. Yeah. So it seems like there's... A lot more? It's kind of like the, a- the yeah. end of House of M oh. for uh, <laughs> the Marvel series. It's like where mutants had gone away, but once the once it everything was fixed... More mutants start appearing. Up. It's kind of mm-hmm. like yeah, popping up. Oh, that's possible. So I, yeah. I, that's what that's what, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe because now magic is flowing again, there's a lot more uh, magicians to come uh, into the picture. You know, um, but it well, is that of, is no. that or magic is on the fritz yeah. and like yeah. in a bad way. Yeah, it's possible though that there are more magicians because it would help kind of replenish the lives that got lost right during this whole mm-hmm. s- but, scene. Yeah, but wasn't that like mostly at the library? Um, well, but if you count the hedge witches also, and like, cause didn't a whole bunch. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, it's a theory. Um, is there any, like, do we find out what else happened to, like, did they show us Katie? I don't remember. I just did. think Katie, uh, they, I don't think they sh- showed anything about Katie. Okay. She's probably going to be heading up hedge the hedge witches. witches. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, uh, she has a purpose now. Uh, I, I, they did a good job mm-hmm. of like rallying everyone, slowly detaching yeah. her from hoping to get Penny Forty back, yeah. and like she's coming to her own. I do hope they give her more to do next season, because uh, she's still in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I'm really curious to see what uh, she's up to uh, next year. Yeah, and and then lastly, uh, Julia. But, oh, yes. So so we're back at the we're back at bonfire. The campfire. Yeah, we're back at the bonfire, yeah. which you know was like the makeshift funeral pyre, right? Um, so Julia is seriously mourning and crying over the loss of her best friend and Q in the underworld says I'm actually most worried about her and so when we cut back to her she's getting ready to to throw in her item which is Q's pack of cards right and as she is about to do it um the cards all of a sudden explode and it's exactly very, or almost similar, right, to what it, what happened to Q in the pilot um, episode where um, he was in front of the committee and Fogg tells him to do some goddamn magic, right? Yeah. And at Cause... first, Julie's like, is this you, Q? And, but then she realizes that she's actually the one doing it. Yeah. And... It's, it's a beautiful scene. It's such scene. a beautiful Be- scene. Because, like... It was as tumultuous as their relationship was, as many ups and downs they did, they were best yeah, friends. Yeah. And like, they discovered Fillory together, yeah. like, in their childhood through the books. Magic was always a part of them. And to see, like, his deck of cards being the one item that brings magic back to her, br- essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's his loss yeah. because, like, was it Quentin that said, like, magic comes from pain? Yes, yes. And so it's like the pain of losing Quentin that reignited uh, her magic. It, yeah, yeah, and it's it's heartbreaking. Ugh. It's it, you know it's it has heart. Yeah. It's beautiful. But it's kind of like I think that this is sort of Julia's rebirth, also, wherein she went through all these changes in like the last four seasons, and now she's sort of back at square one, sort of as a human. And I'm happy. And like I am happy for again. about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because like I would because having a god like figure you can't it's a problem for writing Mm -hmm. because like there's only so much that character can do and then they become like this hero status Mm -hmm. like things will have to revolve around them like how a a creature elliot grabbed her um for the sister like she gets put into those positions to uh, as like a prop for most case and i really like just to see human julia not having to react to some god level Mm -hmm. bullshit in some way uh just being human, you know? Yeah. It'd be nice to see Julia, like, not struggling with magic, trying to uh, just accept it yeah. for, like, just casting. So it'll be, like, I feel like she's going to be kind of the main character going forward, right? I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. I-, I also have a feeling they might bring in a new face. Oh, yeah. True, true. Yeah. I mean, like, why not? True. At this point. <sighs> um Gosh. Though they already have enough yeah. faces, so I wouldn't mind if they don't do that. Um, and then... The final scene is Penny taking uh, Q to his last final destination. Yeah, and it's <sighs> it's, it's a door to like the real underworld, right? Wherein oh, it's like passing on yeah. through the metro. Yeah, he gives with him the metro an underground card. underworld metro card for him yeah. to take the train to his last destination <laughs> ever. Oh, oh my god! Oh Q, and that's it. Like, you know, we say goodbye to Quentin Coldwater. Although, and it's, and it's, I seriously... And it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Although I seriously hope that if season five is the last season for the magicians, that they bring him back at the very end to, like, greet Alice or Julia or something. Like, that would be amazing. Uh, so there's this line in, like, that statement I read earlier. It's like the choice for Jason to leave the show was arrived at mutually with much respect for the story, fans of the show, and a shared sense of deliberate, mm-hmm. essential creative risk. So, I'm not hearing that Jason wanted to leave the series, uh, but like, I think... They wanted to like take it in a really different direction? Yeah, I like, you know, sometimes that's that's what happens. Like, I'll, actors never want to be written off a series in one yeah. way or another, but I like... Uh, and you know if there's a way to go this is one of the best ways to have gone uh and it it's great but i do think the door is open for his return if there ever is a need to bring him back uh and there has been wilder stuff out there on television with character returns i mean look at jane the virgin with michael uh look at arrow with like characters leaving and coming back years later um i'll be happy to see quentin come back at some point but I don't think it will be Quentin Forty. Yeah. It will be 
Maybe it's some different version. Mm-hmm. If it's Quentin Forty, you're gonna need to pull some serious bullshit oh, yeah. to bring him back. Um, but you know, um, I I'm sad to see him go. I love the way he went out. Yeah, but it, and what a way I couldn't be more thankful. Yeah. I couldn't be more thankful for like to be moved in such a way. Yeah, like it's so rare to like even like with a second viewing to still be bawling and crying <laughs> like if my yeah I, it all, you already know what to expect but still it's like they did such a good job you know with like the story and the actors and like the mood lighting everything was so perfect that you could not help but be moved by the entire scene right yeah and like i i don't think i'm ever gonna watch this episode again uh, I never watched Furious 7 again, because I couldn't say, like, I can't take that ending. Um, I was there in the theater with my wife, and my wife was sobbing, like, tears, and I was like, my, you know, like, when you're crying and your chest just, like, heaves? Yeah, it's like, it's like so yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, like, that's what happened, uh, like, <laughs> uh, to me during Furious 7, so, like, that's what... I, okay, uh. I've never seen that, actually. You never seen no. the ending of your? Have you seen the movies? I've seen a couple of them, but not the entire d- series. D- the first, the first two are okay. Now, uh, given time, three is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, four is okay. Five and onwards is just like a thrill ride. Oh, like five, six okay. are okay. Fantastic movies. Cool. Uh, uh, like yeah, if you just like, and it was just like growing up with Paul Walker, getting used to him, <laughs> and seeing him in the movies. It was like, and like. The thing with the Furious 7 movies was, uh, or the Fast and Furious movies in this case, uh, it was like that cast was a family. Ah. And I think that's why this ending also works as well because that bonfire scene, they are a family. family. They're thick and they, you know, it's like, it's like when you graduate high school, you have your high school friends that Mm -hmm. you'll always like, you'll add them on Facebook, you hear from them, you'll bump into them, like, oh, hey, maybe one, like one, maybe two at most you'll you're still best friends mm-hmm. once you still talk to yep. occasionally at best uh, but it's like the college friends you make and those are the ones that stick with you uh in the long run you know like um for the most part and that's what i like i saw at that bonfire mm-hmm. it's like the ones he grew to the closest um because i mean remember his high school friend uh julia's fiance was it like oh, where's that dude yeah. now like I, I think I think yeah, he showed he showed up again in another episode yeah. I think yeah. but like yeah it's like the ones you go to school with like in the end like the ones you spend time with uh like because once you're an adult you don't it's have that many yeah. friends yeah. so it's, it's yeah it's, you you create that family like even if it's not your direct family but there's that it's friendship. the family you chose yeah yeah. <laughs> Like, like the work print family, like if, or like how we used to write for Poptimo, like you guys mean a lot to me. So if something were to happen, like I'd be at that bonfire <laughs> for one oh, of you. Shucks. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, this. So that does it yeah, for this, this season. This season was crazy. It was one of the best. It was one of the best. Yeah, it was such a roller coaster of unexpected plots, twists, and. You know, it'll be really interesting to find out what happens um, in season five. And like, I really trust the writers and the and the showrunners of this series. And I'm sure they're not going to disappoint us because it's been such an amazing ride so far. And I cannot wait to see what they bring out next next year. Hundred percent. I'm there with you. Gosh, I know. See, it's like it's so emotional to get through this. Yeah. All right, uh, Nicole and I, we haven't decided what we're doing next. There hasn't been too much in television to excite me, uh, but keep an mm-hmm. eye on the feed. We'll have more stuff coming up uh, in the future, and uh, you know, stay tuned to the work print. You can always follow us over at the work print. Uh, all news articles, reviews at theworkprint.com, and um, yeah, you can follow myself at Bilal underscore Mia on Twitter. And, and Nicole, what about you? I am um, NIXC on Twitter and follow us on social for um, at the Workprint on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Yeah. Because we're too yeah. lazy to do Snapchat. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> nah, you can't do social on Snapchat. Snapchat's on its way up. <sighs> uh, okay, till. Snapchat will. At at the bonfire oh, yeah. of social media accounts, Snapchat. No one will show up for Snapchat. 
<laughs> so till All right, next everyone. season, we will be back yes. with this podcast next season, hopefully. <laughs> yes. All right. Love you, everyone. Miss right, you, Quentin. Bye, Shine.